Welcome to Money Life. I'm Chuck Bentley, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, yesterday, I said we'd continue our rebroadcast on a biblical view of success. And I think if you're a regular listener, you know I get pretty passionate about that topic. And I think there's a reason why I do. Because I see over and over and over again how we seem to get humanism intertwined in our thinking. And humanism is simply this, that man is the cause and creator of our own success. And that's hammered into our head. And we tend to believe it, and we even see it masked in Christian language. But if you truly understand who God is, and you have a biblical worldview, then you see God as the cause and creator of all success. And so today we're going to go back into the scripture, and we're going to look at some of the key passages that define success from a biblical standpoint and how it's achieved. Now, I hope you'll bear with me, because at the end of the program, I'm going to tie it together and help you understand how it relates to financial success and the situation that you may find yourself in, whether you're prospering or whether you're suffering financially. Now, I just read a fascinating article in the BBC News, and it's the results of a survey conducted by a group called the Cooperative Funeral Care Group, and they surveyed 242 funeral homes and 30,000 funeral services, and it showed that 58% of the people in England and Wales choose pop music for their funeral services. Now, in that survey... It also listed the top 10 pop songs that people choose for funerals in England and Wales. And I want to give you an opportunity to try to lock in your answer. What do you think is the number one pop song for a funeral service in England and Wales? I Did It My Way by Frank Sinatra. Now, I don't know about you, but that is staggering to me. That at the end of someone's life... They have sung over their dead body words to a song that I believe are the absolute manifestation of a humanistic philosophy. I've attended funerals in the United States where that song was the anthem. I did it my way. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about the words of that song and explain why they are the exact opposite of what true success is from God's vantage point. Well, you're listening to Money Life. I'm Chuck Bentley. We're taking a look at a biblical view of success. We'll be right back. Has the economy pressured you to rethink your career? Does your heart long to take the next step and pursue God's true calling for your life? Whether you're planning for your first job or your last, the Career Direct Complete Guidance System from Crown Financial Ministries can help. With Career Direct, you'll analyze four critical areas your personality, skills, interests, and values. You'll learn more about the real you and develop a plan to grow personally and professionally. You'll learn to see your strengths. And the Career Direct Complete Guidance System is designed from a biblical perspective to help you maximize your career by maximizing your God given gifts and abilities. Career Direct can be completed in about an hour online. For more, go to careerdirectonline.org and try the free personality ID profile. That's careerdirectonline.org.
Welcome back to Money Life. I'm Chuck Bentley, and today we're going through a biblical view of success, part two. And before the break, I shared with you the survey results of a recent BBC article that stated that 58% of the people dying in England and Wales choose pop music for their funeral services, and the number one pop song is I Did It My Way by Frank Sinatra. Now, let me go through those words. And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. Now, many of you can probably hear Frank Sinatra singing when I go over those words, and I hope you can, because the word does stick in your mind. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway. And more, much more than this, I did it my way. Now, regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway. But more, much more than this, I did it my way. Now, yes, there were times I'm sure you knew when I bit off more than I could chew. But through it all, and when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all, and I stood tall, and I did it my way. I've loved, I've laughed and cried, I've had my fill, my share of losing, and now as tears subside, I find it all so amusing. To think I did all that, and may I say, not in a shy way, no, oh no, not me, I did it my way. For what is a man, what has he got? Now listen to this. If not himself, then he has not. To say the things he truly feels and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. Well, there it is. The Humanist Manifesto. And how peculiar that people believe that that's a wonderful summary of a life well-lived. You see, throughout that song, he's taking credit for everything in his life. He charted his own course, he faced down all of his problems, and he ultimately said that he was amused by all of life. And the most important thing, regardless of the purpose of his life, was that he lived it his own way, that he defined success on his own terms. Well, that's so common in our culture today. And so often Christians get wrapped up into that very thinking. Now I understand that we should have goals and we should achieve and we should strive to do the things that are gonna make a difference in this world. But to say that you simply dream something that you wanna do and you want to accomplish and then go make your dream come true, that that's success, I think that's just simply living out the philosophy expressed in Frank Sinatra's song. But you know, there's something deep inside of all of us that desires to be successful. And where we get off track is that we want to be successful on our own terms and not on God's terms. Well, I want to go into Nehemiah, and I want to look at the lessons we can learn from the prophet Nehemiah, because he did not dream a dream and then set out to make his dream come true. In fact, it says that Nehemiah was informed by some of his brothers who came from Judah that there was a problem. And the problem was with the Jewish remnant that survived the exile. And this is the report that he got. 
Those who survive the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Now, the scripture never says that Nehemiah had a personal dream and a goal to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. But what happened to him is his preparation in life equipped him to respond to help solve that problem. This challenge, this incredible need, was not something he just dreamed up. It wasn't something that he said, oh, that would make me important in life. That would get me written up in the press. That would make me feel good about myself. That wasn't his thinking at all. Listen to how he responded. In verse 4 of Nehemiah chapter 1, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Do you notice what he didn't do? He didn't say, I'm going to set a goal. And I'm going to make a plan, and I'm going to rebuild that wall. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Do you see what happened? He felt small. He felt humbled. He felt overwhelmed. And he knew that if he was going to be successful, he had to turn to God. Because you see, I think the greatest impediment in our world today is that we've defined success by what man can do without God. We celebrate man's success and man's triumph. It's as if the world wants to convince you that everything good that's happened in history is because man is so brilliant. All the advances in medicine and education and art and technology, the world wants you to believe it's because man is so exalted. But Nehemiah took on an impossible task. He knew that he couldn't accomplish it by listening to some self-help tapes. And so listen to what he prayed because you will get a look inside his very heart and soul. Here's that word again, O Lord. O Lord. Meaning from the depth of his heart, a word we don't even know the meaning came out of his mouth. O Lord. God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer. Your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, the decrees, and the laws that you gave your servant Moses. They are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Listen to this, O Lord. Let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. He was getting himself prepared to go before the king, and he cried out to God to give him success. He confessed his wickedness and his smallness, and he admitted that it was only by God's strength that he could have success. Well, we're going to talk more about this principle when we come back. You're listening to Money Life. I'm Chuck Bentley. We'll return in just a moment.
What would you say if I told you that in 10 short weeks you could decrease your debt, increase your savings, and strengthen your relationships while growing spiritually? Sound too good to be true? Well, all of these results are being reported by thousands who have completed the biblical financial study from Crown Financial Ministries. This 10-week study teaches you more than practical principles about managing money. It focuses on the life-changing truth of God's Word. Individuals are being transformed as they learn proven biblical principles and how to apply them to their finances. To find a biblical financial study group in your area, go online to the My Crown section of crown.org. And if there's not a Crown 10-week biblical financial study already planned in your area, consider starting one. To find out how, call 1-800-722-1976 or visit crown.org. Welcome back to Money Life. I'm Chuck Bentley, and today we're going through a biblical view of success part two, because I want you to clearly understand the difference between humanism and walking by faith. And Nehemiah gives us a great example here. By the way, I want to mention something very important about Nehemiah's journey. He took on this seemingly impossible task. He cried out to God and confessed that only God could give him success by granting him favor. So he knew he wasn't going to do it himself. He knew where the credit would ultimately lie. He knew where he had to have strength because he felt very small and inadequate. But remember this, he met tremendous resistance. In Nehemiah chapter 2, they got excited and started rebuilding. And the scripture says, so they began this good work. And as soon as they began, the enemies came around them and they began to mock them and ridiculed them. What is this you're doing, they ask? Are you rebelling against the king? And so they began to use a profound and classic tool of the enemy. They mocked and ridiculed those who were walking by faith. Do you realize how powerful that tool is and how he uses it on us all the time? Because you can go forward after listening to this program and say, I'm going to live by faith in regard to my finances. And then maybe you share that with somebody near you and they say, what? Are you crazy? What's God have to do with money? Money's common sense. Money's practical. Money's tangible. Money's quantifiable. That's the real stuff. And you're talking about spiritual things. How can those two things go together? You can't be successful believing God. Does he know anything about money? And so all of those attacks still happen to this day. But pay close attention to how Nehemiah resisted. He answered them, the God of heaven will give us success. In other words, you go right on mocking us. But we're going to continue to believe in the midst of your mocking and ridicule that it is God who will give us success. You see, success is not a problem-free life. Success is not a task without obstacles. Success is not achieving the ultimate goal of living a life of leisure and self-indulgence. Success is remaining faithful to God in the midst of your hardships and your challenges and the difficulties that you have of walking by faith. You see, resistance is your friend. Resistance proves your faith genuine. 
You cannot live by faith unless there's obstacles. Faith is trusting what you cannot see. The scripture tells us that God has a part and we have a part. And listen to what happened to Nehemiah. I'm going to skip to chapter 4. From that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. And those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve as guards by night and workmen by day. Do you see the dichotomy here? Is that Nehemiah had hard work and a terrible battle to accomplish his goal, but he did his part and he remained faithful, trusting in God to give him success. So when you trust in God to lead you to be successful, your part is to do the work. Your part is to be skillful. Your part is to be humble. God doesn't give success to those who are prideful. He says God gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. And so the Lord's constantly reminding us, especially in regard to our finances, that we should feel small and that we should look to him in every way. Now, let me bring this home. Let me make this personal for you. Listen to what James wrote. In James chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Okay? Does that sound familiar to any of us? Does that sound familiar to those people who are out sharing their humanistic testimony? We had a plan. We went to the city. We executed our plan. We made a lot of money. You can too. In fact, that would make a late night TV infomercial, wouldn't it? And the Lord said, those of you who say that, those of you who live by that philosophy, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, listen to this, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. If it's the Lord's will. In other words, see yourself as small, helpless, and dependent. Now, you're willing to do your part, but you're living according to the Lord's will, not your dream. So that success philosophy of have a dream and go achieve your dream and you'll be successful, it's absolutely wrong, especially in regard to your finances. The Lord just told us, if it's the Lord's will, so what should your dream be? Your dream should be to do the Lord's will. And if it's the Lord's will, then we will live and do this or that. In other words, fill in the blank. And as it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. And what he's saying is if you know that you're to live a life of total dependence upon God for success in every area of your life, including your business, including your ability to make and earn a living, and you don't live that way, then you're sinning. As Nehemiah said, you're living a wicked life. You've turned away from God, who is the cause and creator of all success. Well, in just a moment, we're going to wrap up part two of a biblical view of success. You're listening to Money Life. I'm Chuck Bentley. We'll be right back. 
Want to use your home computer to help you manage your money God's way? Well, all you need is Crown Money Map Financial Software from Crown Financial Ministries. With Crown Money Map Financial Software, you can create a realistic spending plan and use a virtual envelope system to follow daily. And since it's based on the Crown Money Map, the software will help you build up your emergency fund, pay off debts, create balanced budgets, manage investments, and complete other steps that'll move you forward on your financial journey. Crown Money Map Financial Software is loaded with features to make living on a spending plan easy and secure, including the ability to import transactions from your bank so you don't have to enter them individually. Crown Money Map Financial Software is compatible with Windows, Mac, and Linux. For specific system requirements or for a free trial version, go to crown.org or call 1-800-722-1976 for more information. That's crown.org. Welcome back to Money Life. I'm Chuck Bentley, and today we're concluding part two of a biblical view of success. And I want you to hear the prayer of David. King David is considered by many to be one of the most talented, skillful, successful men that have ever lived. He was an incredible leader, an incredible warrior, a man after God's own heart. And in 1 Chronicles 29, I want you to hear his expression of success. Praise be to you, O Lord. By the way, there's that unknown word, O. Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor, for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You're the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Does that sound like the antithesis of Frank Sinatra's song, I Did It My Way? You see, King David had a different definition of success. He said that wealth comes from God, honor comes from God, strength comes from God, power comes from God, the ability to exalt comes from God, that all things are to be credited as coming from God. He said that all things belong to God. And David did not get on the success and motivation tour to tell people how to follow in his footsteps. He gave God the praise to tell people how to follow in God's footsteps. That's God's definition of success. Do your part. Are you facing foreclosure? Do your part and be faithful, but trust God in the middle of it. Have you lost your job? Do your part and work hard. Work as unto the Lord, but look to the Lord for success. Have you had financial success? Don't take credit for it. Brag about what God has done. Well, for some of you listening, by God's Holy Spirit, this may be a day that you turn a new direction. And you get in the privacy of some place where you can truly pray and begin your prayer with, O oh Lord God. I've completely been deceived by the world. I make decisions without consulting you. I spend money as if it's my own. I dream dreams that will exalt myself and not you. And Lord, I've taken credit for all the kindness you've shown to me. But, O oh Lord, 
have your way. Not my will, Lord, but yours. I submit to your will and your definition of success. Well, if you've taken a step of faith today, if you've repented, if you've turned a new direction, I'd love to hear from you. Write me at chuckbentley at crown.org. Well, I hope you've been encouraged. I'm Chuck Bentley. You've been listening to Money Life.